Magazines and Monsters, episode 81, Zatanna Special, number one, from 1987. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for magic. Good evening, Gotham. I'm Zatanna. Tonight, I can promise you a few surprises, a thrill or two along the way, and with luck, a happy ending. How long has it been? 10 years? 12? All that and another lifetime. She and her father were very fond of you. I was a different person then. Yes, intense, driven, moody. She'd never recognize you now. Now open your heart to magic and become a child again. Remember, concentration and control. Focus on them and you can master any escape. Go. Uh, uh. Congratulations! You've beaten your old time by six seconds. Yes! You've got the makings of a great magician. I'm sorry you're going to be moving on. Same here. It was an honor to study with you, Zatara. But to what end? Three months ago, you appeared on my doorstep with no interest in performing, and yet dying to become an escape artist. <laughs> and for some reason, I wound up teaching you secrets I'd never shown another magician. You could have sent me away. No, there was something inside you I had no right to deny. Something deep and painful. After all, I would be foolish to assume I was the only one with secrets. A. John Smith. Thanks for everything, sir. I'll miss you, John. And so I trust will Zatanna. Oh! Hi, Daddy. Good night, children. I thought you'd be finishing the tour with us. I'm leaving for Japan tomorrow. There's still a lot I have to learn. Boy, that's you. One big serious schoolboy. No time in your life for fun or magic. Here, pick a card. I'll tell your future. Hmm, I see emotion, intensity, two of hearts. Joker. <laughs> oh, it's a dumb trick anyway. Look, I don't know the future, but I know I'll see you again someday, Zana. You're the only one who ever calls me Zana. I really hate it. No goodbye hug? See? It's not so bad. I'll write you. No, you won't. I promise. You can't. I locked your hands to the wall. <laughs> what? 
Looks like someone's missing their plane tomorrow. But hey, if you're any kind of escape artist, you'd be out of those cuffs and through the door by now. <gasps> now you see him, now you don't. Thank you. You know, I have this little problem with money. Seems like it disappears before I even make it. And here to help me demonstrate are Mr. Irving Fonswater, director of the Gotham Mint, and noted magic debunker, Dr. Montague Kane. Welcome, gentlemen. Miss Satana. This is so exciting. Whoa! Let me guess, first time on stage, Irv? Nothing like enthusiasm, right, folks? The way they're responding, one would think your ridiculous stunt was going to work. Just to clue you in, Monty here makes a living exposing magician's secrets. Simple tricks and nonsense. Hey everybody, Billy D, aka Doc Strange here, back with another episode of the show. And this is going to be a fun one. This is a, a DC Comics uh, podcast uh, episode where I'm going to talk about a specific, you know, one-shot. Uh, something I've been uh, wanting to read for a very long time and talk about. And uh, I have a brand new guest to the show as well. Uh, welcome uh, to the show, my uh, Twitter buddy, Keith G. Baker. How are you, man? Hello there. How are you doing, man? I am fantastic. So, yeah, you and I have been uh, buddies here on Twitter for quite a while. And then uh, you'll haunt around uh, my All-Star Squadron page as well with some uh, likes and comments, which are always appreciated. So, I thought, you know what, it's uh, it's it's long past due that uh, you and I talk about comics. And uh, I found a, a DC comic here uh, that uh, is an interesting one. So it's about a, a character that uh, I like, uh, you know, magical kind of characters. You know, Doctor Strange is my favorite uh, Marvel Comics character. So uh, over on the DC side, you know, there's a lot of uh, characters that uh, are, you know, magic-based as well. But I feel like, you know, the biggest one, or if not the biggest one, one of the biggest ones is uh, Zatanna. So uh, what a... What are your uh, thoughts on Zatanna as a character and any experiences uh, you have with her? Well, I, you know, Zatanna was just always around. I, I was I, I grew up a DC kid, uh, just just getting that out there. I, you know, I, I, I would dip my toes into Marvel uh, here and there with uh, two and ones and anything that had uh, multiple uh, characters in it. I was I was willing to to check out. But uh, one thing that I always uh that I always paid attention to was was the Justice League, and you know Zatanna was the magic user character on 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 the Justice League, and she always seemed to be there. I didn't know a lot about her uh, other than she, you know, had a unique way of doing her spells, speaking backwards and whatnot, um, which 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 I always thought was strange. It kind of to me, it always slowed down the story a little bit, kept me from burning through the issues because I had to you know, stop and, 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 and read it backwards. But, uh, but yeah, she was always there because she was around probably before I was born. Um, you know, she was around in the sixties and whatnot. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. As, as far as Zatanna goes, I always thought, you know, she, she, when I was a kid, you know, I was a, a young boy growing up, uh, you know, she, she stirred feelings in me at, at points that I didn't, couldn't articulate. <laughs> But, <laughs> but, but, you know, like I said, uh, every super team had to have somebody, somebody that was a magic user and, and that was what Zatanna was. So, 
Yeah, and not to show my hand too early here, but I totally agree with you that when they uh, letterer, you know, has the backwards uh, spells, it it does uh, for just just a second or two, but it does like, kind of take me out of things just to stop and have to do that. It, I found it a little bit jarring. I feel that it translates way better to uh, television, cartoons, films, that kind of stuff, because obviously, you know, it, it, you don't really like you see what she does. Uh, you know, visually, so you don't have to really sit there and think about what she said backwards, you know? Exactly. And I think, I think when I was a kid, I, I just kind of skipped over that. I was like, oh, she's saying a spell. And I just didn't even realize that it was being say, said backwards, I guess, because, you know, I was just a dumb kid or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, just, uh, I would skip over it and see what the result was. And it was like, oh, she, you know, did some, uh, uh, you know, so some sort of some sort of spell and and didn't even realize that it was English black English backwards. So. Yeah. And then I don't know if my brain had some preconceived notions either about that, but I was looking at it. And I don't know if I thought she was saying a sentence and the sentence, the entire sentence was going to be backwards. But I'm just like, no, 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 no. The words are in the same order as a regular sentence the words themselves are just backwards in this comic so i was like oh okay it took me a minute to figure that out <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think uh, different writers do it different ways sometimes i think i've seen writers sometimes mess up and do like the whole sentence backwards mm. um, so and then there's some stuff in in this issue uh that 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 we can get to later about what uh conway conway does as far as her uh her spell speak or or back mm -hmm. spell speak that's a little bit different, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, some people, uh, you know, any regular listeners are probably like, man, he talks about a lot of DC stuff. And, you know, I've said this before. One of the main reasons for that is because I was a Marvel guy for a long, long time, like almost two decades. I read like 95% of the comics I read were Marvel. So to me, a lot of these comics like you and some other guests of mine have, you know, been reading since the 70s or even early 80s. You know, it, it's stuff that's like brand new to me. So it's like almost like a whole new kind of universe to me to be reading a lot of these DC comics. So uh, that's why I have a little bit more of a focus on DC sometimes with my shows. But uh, yeah, I, I still always, you know, try to throw some Marvel out there as well. But that's that's the main reason why, because, again, some of these things are brand new to me. Like for me, a long time, DC Comics was only like uh, the anime, like Super Friends and, you know, all the animated Batman, the animated series and stuff like that. So DC was always kind of in my brain just not, you know, the comic books, just uh, all the other media. So that's why I'm always like, yo, yeah, I want to talk about this and that and this and that. And <laughs> most yeah. of the time it's DC comics, but you know, yeah. Cool. Dude, that that's funny. Cause, cause I've kind of taken the opposite spin. I'm, I'm reading a lot of old Marvel comics these days, stuff that I miss, you know, cause I, I was around during the Stern era, you know, reading that kind of stuff at Marvel and, now I'm going back trying to read some of the stuff before then. Uh, it's it's strange it's strange how when you get older you want to go back and and check out stuff that you may have missed. So, mm -hmm. yep, absolutely. And it's just uh, there was so much output in the, the 70s and 80s from both companies. It's just man, I feel like I'm I'm uh, you know trying to climb a mountain here that's just like <laughs> makes Everest look like you know <laughs> a little tiny hill with just how much stuff there is, you know, to even try to, to dip your toe into, but, uh, event eventually I'll get there. You know what? Uh, retirement is beckoning and, uh, <laughs> that's, well, that's, it's a, that's the plan. It's a, it's a good problem to have, uh, that there's that much, that much stuff out there that, that we haven't read. So, 
Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Like, why don't we dive into this one here? So we're going to be talking about Zatanna special number one from uh, cover date, May, 1987. And I knew Zatanna had been bouncing around in the justice league uh, in the eighties. So uh, I didn't think she had a whole lot of over the course of her, you know, character had a whole lot of you know, her own series. I did read when I started to dip my toe into DC comics more, and this is probably about, wow, maybe 12 years ago, somewhere around there. Uh, I know she had a series come out and I gave it a try. I think I read the first maybe six or seven issues of it and it was written. What caught my eye about it is that the art looked pretty cool. And then I saw the uh, writer was Paul Dini. And I knew that name from the, the DC animation side with Bruce Tim and stuff like that. So I gave that a try. And I actually thought that was pretty good. Have you read any of the more modern stuff? I have not. It's actually uh, when when we started talking about doing doing this issue, I started looking also at uh, appearances by Zatanna. And yeah, I, that's on my list. I, I, I'm definitely going to check out that uh, Paul Dini uh, stuff. Um, just because the, the the art just looks phenomenal, dude, on that. Yeah, but, it was really yeah, good. It's the, yeah, it's on my list. I haven't checked it out yet, though. Yeah, definitely check it out. I don't know how it ended. I think it was only like maybe 16 issues or something like that. But I, cause I, I know the first at least five or six, if not seven, I read. And I really did enjoy them. I can't remember why I kind of dropped off. But um, I stopped, you know, checking out new stuff. Or I shouldn't say checking out new stuff, buying new stuff probably about 10 years ago. So maybe it was just starting to, <laughs> I'm starting to fall off the, the <laughs> ledge there. But yeah, I do remember enjoying that quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, this one's, yeah, like I said, from 1987. So this is back when, you know, 87, I think that was, wasn't that around when, you know, Byrne was doing Superman over there and stuff like that. So this was a pretty big time for DC. Yeah. Well, I mean, this was just a couple months after crisis. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a little blurb at the beginning of the story that says uh, it takes place uh, before, like just before the death of the Detroit Justice League, that that type, uh, post-crisis, but before the end of the Justice League, Justice League of America book. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, I guess they were, uh, since it's a few months after crisis, they were still in that flux of, I mean, it is '87. Crisis was uh, has been over for about a year, but uh, but I think they were still trying to figure out what to do with Zatanna at this point. So uh, I I don't know if they were wrapping up loose ends or or what. I see a lot of places mention uh, that this is the first post-crisis appearance of Zatanna, but it mm. seemed it seems like the the pre-crisis Zatanna story, and they were just trying to I guess put a bow on a bunch of things that were kind of dangling out there so that she could, somebody else could do something with her in the uh, new post-crisis world. And I will, I will say too, on the grand comics database here, it says uh, issue notes. It says uh, originally produced for a four issue miniseries. The four issues were edited into one story and several, yeah. And several pages were deleted. So that makes a little more sense reading this story and then now seeing that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely thought that this should have at least been a three-parter, but the fact that it was supposed to be a, a four-part miniseries makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I did have that, and I don't know how else to uh, say it other than, uh, you know, an old saying that I heard when I was, you know, for many, many years since I was a kid is uh, it felt like 10 pounds of crap in a five-pound bag. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, 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 it just... did. <laughs> there, were, there, were, there was a lot of rushing involved, it seemed, uh, all around, but... Uh, 
but yeah, yeah, that that would make more sense that they were, and they were probably playing on this coming out a little bit earlier, and I, I don't know what happened. Maybe something got delayed or whatever, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, it's, why don't we start with the cover here? So I, I really like this cover, and I'll tell you right out to, you know, the cover and interior artist is uh, Gray Morrow, and I love his work. I don't own a ton of it. But uh, I do, you know, like his work quite a bit. And this cover always uh, jumped out at me that I I really like this cover quite a bit. What do you think of this cover? Yeah, I think it's a very dynamic cover. It's 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 um, Gray Morrow did a lot of stuff like in adventure comics and 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 some other places and always seemed to me uh, he wasn't quite a fit for superhero comics, but more for uh more action or fantasy fantasy comics maybe maybe even westerns so uh this this definitely fits in it, it's 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 really dynamic and, and the the great thing about it is it has both uh both of zatanna's uh costumes it has her stage costume you know with the fishnets and whatever uh and and then the uh the um the perez uh costume with the uh with the uh red bug on her head you know mm-hmm yeah, and I I will say I love the stage magician costume best. That's my favorite. I really really love that costume. Ah, well, I've I've always been a fan of the Perez costume. I guess it's because that's when I first saw her was when she got her new costume. Uh, uh, the the that uh, when she switched from uh, having the costume that matched her mother to uh, to getting this new Perez costume. I, I something about the uh, thigh high boots, I guess, or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or the or the fishnets here. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, I think you're a winner either way. So, mm-hmm. yep, you're you're not going wrong with either costume here. But yeah, this cover's fantastic. It has her in her stage magician costume, uh, like kind of with her, her top hat in her left hand and gesturing with her right hand. And there's all this uh, in the background. It's like red, orange, like it almost looks like flames. But uh, there are these like demonic faces and skulls and stuff and. Uh, there's also a smaller image of her on a horse with a some kind of crazy snake here. It's like, a, you know, this is the digital version I'm looking at as well here. So, you know, you never know coloring wise, but it's like a bluish kind of uh, viper with the fangs out. A really, really good cover. And it says, uh, join her on her quest to find the place where magic begins. And yeah, like I said, I, I love magic based characters. So that's this. This is uh, pulling me in right away just from the cover. Like if I was a kid, I would have saw this. I would have bought this. Oh yeah, yeah, and I I really like the um the lettering too. That they they tried to give her her own uh her own logo at the top. I I don't know if that lasted later that Zatanna, but that that type that typeface I I really like. It's kind of yeah. leaning and curved. Yeah, it's really cool. I really like that as well. And yeah, there's just such incredible detail on this cover, like her hair. You know the the waviness of her hair and everything. Like it it's a you know, Gray Morrow did a fantastic job with this cover. Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The the colors, especially. I mean, it, it it pops. It really pops. So, all right. Well, why don't we jump into this one here? And this is, uh, you know, a script by Jerry Conway, and then pencils, inks, and colors are all by Gray Morrow. And then it's funny. It, the only credits you see in this comic book on the cover, you see Gray Morrow, and then you know when you get to not the first page, but the second page, it just says art by Gray Morrow. And then for some reason, there are three uh, letterers on this one. So I don't know if they had somebody do the regular letters and somebody else do the backwards spell letters. And then I'm not sure what the third wheel did here, but that's kind of a little odd that they needed three letterers to get this out. So I don't know if they had 
you know, they were planning on that four issue limited series and they had three issues already done and lettered and then they crammed stuff in. I, maybe that has something to do with it, I guess. Yeah, maybe somebody some somebody did like the titles like like uh, on that on that first uh, splash page. I think it's like uh, the second page of the story where they introduce Zatanna, you know, and they have the title title of the of the um, of the story summoning. You know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's one of the letters that's doing the uh, doing the title sequence. I I I don't. That, that was kind of curious that they did uh, all those letters and you still don't see Jerry Conway's name anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that is bizarre. I just thought. I mean, they have a little banner at the bottom, like a scroll saying featuring a character created by Gardner F. Fox, which um, that's fantastic, and I'm glad they have that there, giving him you know his due. But yeah, the guy that actually wrote the story, you don't see his name anywhere. It's like, what? So did Conway get paid for this job, man? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sure he did. I, I, but I, the, I think the question is, did did Conway not want his name on this story? I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know if he or if the, or if it was just a plain old omission. Uh, omission. I, you know, who who knows? Yeah, maybe I'll try to reach out to him on social media and say, hey, did, did, what's the problem here? Like, I thought, hey, maybe when they said to him, no, sorry, you know, they you're not doing a four issue limited series. You can just have one issue. Did he get pissed off? And like, you know, they because they pulled the rug out, out from under him or something. And yeah. I said, don't don't put my name on it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're we're squashing your 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 four page mini into a into a into a oversized one shot. You know, who, who knows? Mm. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not, uh, you know, no offense to Jerry, but it, uh, I know he's doing fine. He's writing for, been writing for TV for years, so you know, oh. financially, financially, he's doing fine. I just thought to myself, geez, like, you know, if they reprint this, is he not going to get paid then because his name's not on it or what? Like, it's, it's just kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was just an omission, uh, or at least I'm hoping that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, but like I said, I'm glad Fox got credit there, though, because I feel like, you know, he was something that over the years kind of got a little bit forgotten there for a while, but, like, you know, hey, get his name out there. You know, he's he was, you know, one of the architects for, you know, Justice League and DC Comics really back in the 40s and 50s there. Oh, yeah, but 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 that splash page with all with all, all the title credits and stuff is is phenomenal, man, with her releasing all the doves on stage and, and in, in her stage outfit with the top hat and everything, that's that's a that's a keeper page right there, man. Yeah, they do. They do start out with the, the very first page actually has her, you know, in the dressing room getting ready for her performance. And she looks into the mirror and actually sees an image of her mother. And she kind of starts spacing out and her manager uh, slash, you know, uh, would be boyfriend here. Uh, Jeff Sloan, he uh, comes in and he's like, hello, hello, Earth to Zatanna, you know, and she's like, oh, like, OK, yeah, sorry, man. Uh, I'll be fine. Like I was just uh, dozing off here for a minute, but yeah. Then you go to that very next page, and oh, it's an incredible page. You know, Gray Morrow here is just uh, phenomenal. She comes out onto the stage, and you know, just you know, opens her arms up, and you literally see you know these uh, birds. I don't know if they're supposed to be pigeons or what kind of birds. They're supposed to be flying everywhere on the stage, and yeah, like you said, the, the summoning the title of the story at the bottom there is really cool. It looks like it's you know, like uh, in flames a little bit. And <laughs> I do uh, like the audience members. We can see some uh, uh, shadows of the audience members here, the outlines of them and the people in the audience. And the one person looks like they're giving the OK sign to her there. Like, what is going on there? looks like a six, actually. Yeah. And 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 that's that's the the whole thing with Morrow's drawings, man, is he he makes unique characters. If you if you look at the audience in in, in a lot of these pictures, he 
he he makes people distinct. It's not like just a generic audience. He he has some references for for different types of people. So yeah, he he really does. Yeah, he he really does a good job with everything. Like to me, he was a complete artist. You know, like backgrounds and the forefront and everything else. He was he was a complete artist. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and poor and that, old, poor old Jeff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into Jeff here. I actually yeah. had to look up Jeff uh, Sloan, and then the. I won't say who it is yet. Uh, the 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 villain villainess in this uh, book. I actually had to look them up because I didn't know if they were just you know brand new here. Because again, you know, DC's you know uh, kind of a, a I won't say it's a, a dark spot for me, but I'm just still kind of a newbie with DC. So I had to look up to see if these characters had been around, and I was actually shocked to find how long they both had been around. Uh, you know, what about you? Well, yeah, and see, that's the thing is, as far as Allura goes, I, I I recognize the name, but I also had to do some some searching. I mean, Je- Jeff's only appeared in a handful of 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 uh, issues, and and same with Allura. Um, but all of those were from you know before I was born. There, there's like this, there was like this whole search for her father thing that happened in the late '60s uh, when she went searching when Zatanna went searching for Zatara, her father, and I guess it was like the. Uh, the first crossover or one of the first crossovers that I ever knew about was because it, it, it crossed over in Hawkman, Adam, Green Lantern, Detective Comics, and then it ended up in Justice League in like the late 60s, like around 67 or so, where she was searching for her father. But it went through several different titles. And I think Allura. Wow. Had, yeah, I think Allura had something to do with that. Um but yeah, the, like I said, all, all that happened before I was born. I think maybe I read it in like a digest or something like that. Uh, those stories, mm. um, uh, her, you know, her her father had been, I guess, kidnapped by the Homo Magi, her her mother's people, and something like it's something around those. I, I, I'm sure the fishnet crew is yelling at me, telling me exactly what happened. <laughs> now, but. but uh, <laughs> But but yeah, I, you know, I vaguely remember, and that's the reason I thought that Satana was always a member of the Justice League, uh, and I didn't realize till I got older that, you know, I, I actually read when she joined the Justice League, and I thought it was like a flashback uh, issue, you know, that, that she had always been a member, but no, she had just been kind of Justice League adjacent forever. Uh, just mm-hmm. like showing up here and there and showing up in adventure comics or showing up in Hawkman or, or the Adam or something like that. Uh, just as a, you know, a, a friend of the family kind of deal until she actually joined. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was interesting, like looking these characters up because, you know, I obviously I knew Zatanna or Zatara, you know, he, he was a character had been around, I think since probably the golden age, right? Yeah. Her father. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, did, I didn't know a lot about Zatara until later on. I mean, actually, I think I started uh, kind of looking more into Zatara and looking into those old, I guess, action comics or whatever he was in mm-hmm. when he was in when he died in what was it, Swamp Thing? Or uh, there were, there was a Swamp Thing where uh, Zatara was one of the magic users trying to stop the dark force or whatever from taking over the world and he was killed it was when zatara was killed for like the second or third time i guess but that was <laughs> uh, that was in alan moore's i guess swamp thing when that happened yeah i think so yeah 
Yeah, so that's when I started, you know, really looking into Zatara. All I knew him as was uh, Zatanna's uh, uh, dad, you know, who was also a magician. But, you know, I think since then they've said that on both sides of Zatanna's family, on Zatara's side and on her her mom's side, uh, she's related to pretty much every magic user that's ever been on the on the face of the planet, including Atlanteans and whatnot. But but yeah, this at this at this time, I, I didn't know a lot about Zatara when this book came out. So, well, the good news is whatever her uh, origin story is as of right now, in six months it'll be something different. So no worries. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> so yeah, and oh boy, you even just you go to the next page too, and it's just like I'm trying to think uh, how you describe this page. It's almost like there's these three panels, and there's a. Uh, you know, one to the left of her with a candle in her hand, and then one of her, uh, like a full, almost a full body shot of her with it still in her hand, and then she kind of puts the candle out with her fingertips, and then in the center bottom, like a triangular panel, she kind of like, you know, pushes her hands together and makes this candle disappear. That's another page, just like the previous one, where, man, if I could have, you know, a page of original artwork, I, I would love to have that. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that Triptech page is is very nice. I mean, it's it's just... It's kind of setting setting a mood, I think, more for her stage show, and it and the fact that they're the fact that uh, they can do that in that one page with this this weird three panel triangular uh, 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 drawing is 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 amazing. And in fact, on the on the next next page, uh, poor old Jeff uh, just uh, he he kind of says it. He, he he's like you know. No doubt she's got the touch, you know, or whatever. And that's kind of how I feel about that drawing on the previous page is is that it, it kind of draws you into her stage show. So, yeah, and I will say too, Gray Morrow, he draws her super sexy, but not like over the top gratuitous or creepy or anything like that. She just looks really sexy. That's it. Oh, no, no, no. All the creepiness is going on in my head. I mean, it's not on the page. So. Well, you you and Jeff. <laughs> yeah, me, yeah, me and Jeff. If, if only I could grow a mustache like that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Jeff and I will never have the same issues as far as uh, our hair matching our clothing, uh, because I don't really have much hair left. Uh, but <laughs> that's one thing I will, uh, uh, you know, uh, throw uh, throw out there that uh, I feel uh, Gray Marl could have done a little bit better job. Yeah. His hair is like an exact match for his like suit. It's like this mustard yellow color. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. I yeah. Yeah, it's a portrait. <laughs> looks like he looks like he's smoking Lucky Strikes there too, by the way, because he's puffing on a, a heater here, and there's this like crazy image that comes out of the smoke, and he's just like, huh? And he drops the cigs there, and it looks like Lucky Strikes to me. <laughs> yeah, that that happens several times throughout this, and 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 they they repeat the same tropes. Uh, that you know uh, that image that comes out is, of course, we find out that uh, that's uh, that's Z's uh, mom. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, her mother, I had never even heard of her mother. I knew nothing about her mother being a, a magic user as well. Cindella, I think she calls her as her name. I, I knew nothing about that character either. So it was, it was a learning curve for me reading this and, you know, the references to her and then her kind of, I guess you would say, spirit maybe talking to Zatanna at some point uh, as well. That was That was all brand new to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember reading that story when I was a kid, just the whole uh, – I think it was around the time when uh, Zatanna joined the Justice League was, uh, you know, Cindella, uh, she thought her mom had been dead since she was a kid, and it 
turns out that uh, she had gone back home to her to her family with the Homo Magi, which is a a strain of humans that can do um, do magic. And uh, she had gone back to their secret little city, and um, and at some point they had kidnapped her dad. and And I think that's that's how it, uh, everything was set in motion to where she found out that her mom was still alive and and um and yeah her mom died shortly after that after she found out she was alive so it was like a <laughs> it was, it was, uh, i mean I, i'm laughing but it was kind of a tragedy i guess for this yeah for zatanna it's like oh you're right you're old you're alive you know and a week later oh she's dead well no, that okay. was short-lived <laughs> exactly <laughs> She brings a guy up on stage here to do one of her little magic tricks here, but it kind of spirals out of control. And there's this crazy, like, giant snake that pops up out of this newspaper. And, you know, all the artwork, again, the visual storytelling is fantastic. And Conway, you know, does a good job here of everything to me in this comic, like I said, other than that feeling a little overstuffed, which now we, you know, we know the reason for that because it was supposed to be four issues, not you know, one giant oversized comic. But, you know, for the most part, I felt like he's he does a good job here. Z, like her voice, that sounds like Zatanna to me as well. And again, I don't have a whole lot of experience with the character aside from some animation appearances. But it to me, I, I think he gets her voice pretty good in this. But she uh, uh, quickly disposes of the, the, the giant snake here. And then her and Jeff head out. And again, at this point, I'm thinking to myself, Boy, they're pretty chummy for a manager, you know, and uh, I don't want to say an employee, but a manager and talent here. I'm thinking, uh, they're 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 pretty chummy here. They're pretty close. What's going on here? Yeah, I I had the same thought, and that 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 took me on a deep dive into Jeff, which turned out it wasn't really that deep. It was a very shallow pool. He, he's only appeared, like I said, in about five or six comics, but but um. But yeah, it seems to me like he has feelings for uh, Zatanna, but uh, she's not reciprocating or or is uh, holding off on reciprocating. But then, you know, they get back to her apartment. Uh, you know, they they end up having a wreck is what happens. Um, and he has some blood on his clothes and he has to be put in a, a robe at her place. <laughs> and and I noticed that she's also in a robe, but nothing was wrong with her clothes. So that made me start thinking, why did uh-huh. she, why did she get undressed also? But anyway, that that's just that's just me. I, when I was fifteen, reading this, I'm sure I didn't think about that. Well, uh, yeah, reading it now, I was thinking, wait a minute, did her and Jeff like hook up here? Like, there's never any reference to it. But yeah, they're both of them in these robes and. Again, he had to get out of his clothes because there was blood on them. Okay, no problem there. Well, what's he going to wear at a woman's house? And he's in this robe that looks like it was meant for her, not him. Looks a little tiny on him there. I was like, I'll see a little more of uh, uh, Jeff's legs than I wanted to. I can tell you that. Yeah, I, but <laughs> but overall, look at that. You know, I, I read this story a couple times, you know, for the first time in forever. And, and to me, it seems like, he, there's nothing going on in, uh, between them. Like mm-hmm. I thought that to start off with, but I think that he wants something to go on between them, but she's resisting for some reason. And I think that comes into play toward the end of this story as uh, once they go through their, their adventure. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah, yeah. At this point in the story, I, I think it's, it's just, just innocent that he's, you know, he, he's her manager he has feelings for her. she. She has no feelings for him, or or if she does has fe- have feelings for him, she's trying to deflect them. So, 
Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he kind of gets pissed off at her and says that, you know, hey, you know, I, every time I try to get close to you and figure out what's going on in your life, you know, you push me away, et cetera, et cetera. So he storms out of the apartment and slams the door. And I love what happens right afterwards. He knocks and she opens the door and he's standing at the door and he goes, I forgot you've got my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he. He heads out in this pink silk kimono into the hallway. Yeah, <laughs> I figure it didn't take him too long to figure that out. Yeah, and she goes, oh, Jeffrey, and she hugs him. And I like in that last panel there, I think this is page 12, the very last panel, she's hugging him, and he's not hugging her back, but there's a little old lady that must live down the hallway in another apartment, and she's like <laughs> aghast that they're uh, having this intimate moment in the hallway here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, poor Jeff. He's in the friend zone cycle at this point. It's, it's <laughs> he, He's sitting there in this silk robe with nothing in between him and Zatanna except a couple of pieces of silk and getting a hug from her. And he's like, uh, I guess we're friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, poor Jeff. But she's like, you know, hey, we're going to go to my, you know, uh, ancestral home here, my, my father's home uh, estate, she calls it. It's a shadow crest and i like it i love when there's a i'm gonna think of a name for my house i gotta think of something cool but uh so i can say to people i'm going to shadow crest and they'll be like where the heck is that and i'll be like it's my house you know yeah i call <laughs> i i just call mine the compound so that's yeah <laughs> i need a better i need a better name for that though <laughs> yeah i need to sound i need my house to sound cool maybe if i can't sound cool my house can <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, they, they get there, and she kind of says how, you know, she, she goes into the whole thing about, you know, her mother being part of that homo magi, and she, they always lived apart from the rest of humanity and, you know, in this secret city and stuff like that. And then she, you know, she's, she's kind of getting the impression that, you know, her mother uh, from the, 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 the other world, you know, the afterworld, uh, is trying to, you know, communicate with her and trying to get in touch with her to, uh, you know, tell her to she wants her to do something. And they, I like how they go inside the house, too, by the way, and I was like— I, it was, you know, 87, but I was kind of kind of a little like, wow, I, they have like a servant at the house. And it's this uh, guy, Kasim, uh, with a, you know, he looks like a, you know, a tr- like your traditional kind of, or at least at that time, uh, Indian, you know, dressed the way he's dressed here. So I was kind of like, oh, wow. Like, I, I was really uh, uh, taken a, uh, a little aback by that. I was like, oh, wow, they have this guy here. Cool. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really look up look up Kasim to, to know what he if he's appeared in anything before, but, um, he's, he's, he's definitely, definitely like a, like a sheik or a Sikh or a Sikh. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't pronounce it, but, uh, but yeah, he's wearing the headdress and, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, he says things about Allah, but uh, he, I don't know if he appeared in those old action comics with, uh, Zatara or what, but he, He's definitely a member of the house of Zatara's household because he, I mean, he's part of the Shadow, Shadow Crest uh, staff, I guess, or staff of one. I, I don't know if there's more than more than him there, but uh, but yeah, I guess he's like his Alfred or or something would be my guess. Yeah, I, that, again, I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, is this like some guy that's been around for a long time or, you know, is this, you know, again, something relatively new? It's just it, it was something that I, I thought to myself, well, I, I, I guess I will have to dig into that because, uh, again, I, I just he, it's not like he had a huge part in this comic or anything like that. He had very few, you know, scenes, but uh, I just I thought I want to know something I, I want to know about. So I'm definitely going to be looking him up. And uh, yeah, this whole uh, 
you know, they basically have another conversation here about, you know, what Zatanna wants to like do with her life. Basically, it's almost like, you know, this comic is, is, is almost like her going on a bit of a quest to, you know, find out what she, what direction she should be taking in life, you know, and kind of like what she's, you know, made of. And uh, it's interesting. I thought that was an interesting way to take this. Oh, yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, it starts off with the info dump, which is great. I mean, they do like a couple of pages, I guess, on the ride up to Shadowcrest doing the doing that little uh, little info dump on on her her history, her mother and her father. They kind of summarize the uh, the search for Zatara ish and 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 what we know about her up until now, other than, you know, that she's the the uh the magic user for the justice league it, it's it just gives all that information i guess setting a base for us to figure out who she is i mean we know that she's descended from the homo magi and all that kind of jazz um but I, like you said it brings up the question what does she want to do with her life what it, what is she searching for and it and at this point is where, to me, it start the story kind of meanders. It, it gets back on its footing later on when it finally tells you what she has been searching for, but it keeps it kind of vague as to as to why she is on this. I, I'll call it a quest at this point because pretty soon we're going to see that it is a quest of some sort. But um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as what she is searching for, we don't really know, and we're hoping that that. Starting off at Shadowcrest, she can figure out what direction she wants to head. Yeah, and it does uh, say here on the the DC uh, database website that uh, I didn't even realize, but this uh, Shadowcrest is just outside of Gotham City. So just for, for a point of reference there. Yeah, I think that she grew up near Arkham or something like that. Is how it, it, her dad raised her. She outside of Gotham near Arkham, I guess, out in the out in the county. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, yeah, I didn't realize I, I didn't know where the heck she was you know, <laughs> taking this guy, this poor Jeff here, taking him out to her, her father's uh, estate to just basically tell him like, yeah, sorry, I still just want to be friends, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why don't you come from with me for a for a weekend in the country? But we're just friends. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you as much love as I'm gonna do to Kasim. So <laughs> have fun with that, pal. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's a chain smoker, I guess. Yep, yep, and she does. Uh, she does uh, pop out here uh, in her, uh, like you said, the the newer costume, the the '80s costume. Uh, and like you said, it's a good costume. It's like you know, it's got these like thigh high blue boots. There's like a, a white kind of cape, and then the the top part is like long blue sleeves, and then it has like a white kind of like a thicker stripe going up the middle that like parts to make a V that comes up like around her neck, right? Yep, and mm-hmm. she has the gym, she has the gym around her around her neck and. I mean, I, it's something about big earrings and dark hair. I don't know. It just, <laughs> it just, it, it kind of evokes a kind of a, a, a gypsy kind of vibe, I guess, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but, but yeah. And, and, and then the cape, uh, you know, not too many people can rock a, a white cape. You know, there's, you know, who is it like Taskmaster, I guess, has a white cape, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking the only person I can think of off the top of my head that can really rock a cape is uh, Blackula. He's uh, he's probably my favorite cape. There wearer. you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, she uh, you know says to Kasim, and then there's uh, 
two horses that they're they're going to see going to find her mother's people. So they're going to find the homo magi. Uh, her and again, for some reason, she's like, "Yeah, come along for the ride, Jeff." And I'm thinking, I, Jeff, uh, he's just like a regular dude. So if the crap hits the fan, you're gonna have to protect yourself and Jeff. So I kind of thought, I don't know how great of an idea this is, but you know, I guess she, uh, she, it's some part of her wants to at least hang out with uh, Jeff, right? Yeah, exactly. I, my my only guess is is that Conway is using Jeff as as the reader. Uh, the reader's point of view into this in into this world uh, you know the 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 common everyman kind yeah. of kind of view but at, at this point uh, when i was reading this for the first time since hell since 87 however long that's been uh this is kind of where it lost me for for a bit and i had to go back and reread just jumping on horses and and going on a magical advent, adventure flying through the clouds riding on horses well i was kind of like okay i need to reset and rethink about what kind of comic i'm reading again it's not a superhero comic anymore it's more of a fantasy adventure so yeah 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 i just i just had to take a step back and 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 reset myself to for the for the story going forward yeah, when they jumped on the horses, I thought, all right, they're going to, you know, ride horseback ride somewhere. And then they take off and they're flying. I'm like, OK, all right. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> flying up through the clouds. Yeah, they caught me a little off guard. But I'm like, all right, cool, cool. <laughs> so I will say, too, on the very next page, when they do take off with the horses, uh, Gray Morrow, the artwork is fantastic. Again, oh, yeah, he, he makes some decisions here with the, like uh, the artwork, though, and the coloring specifically. I guess this is page 19 where the panel layout is is really cool and different. You you have like three panels across the top, two in the middle and two underneath, but they're all these different geometric kind of shapes and then they're all colored like the, the bottom two, the one on the left is like green and a greenish yellowish color with some shadowing and then the one on the right is like a blue and different blue hues. Like what did you think of like this page here and his his uh decision here to use this coloring in the way he did? Well, you know, I really didn't mind it. I mean, doing all these colors, I, you know, they already took off into the clouds, and I knew that they were uh, traveling through different planes at this point. And I guess that's a that's as good a way as any to uh, show that they are traveling through different um, different planes of existence. Um, you know, I, I'm a D and D guy anyway, so I kind I kind of get this kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I especially like the blue uh, on that particular page on 19 down in the right uh, lower right hand corner where it has, you know, the dots or whatever that the, it's. Um, mm -hmm. What is it? The the who's who guys call it the uh, the. Um, the oh, back, yeah, uh, I can't remember. But yeah, there's a specific term for that kind of uh, yeah, you know, yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, that, that's kind of what they're doing what they're doing there with that shadowy with that shadowy look which you know it, i i'm fine with it i mean it, and just man morrow's horses man any artist that can draw horses is a good artist man and 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 he he does really a really good job with the uh, steeds on this yeah anybody that does you know uh, artwork especially pencils or whatever you know even charcoals and stuff like that if you can draw animals and like yeah horses dogs stuff like that and they look good yeah that's that's a really good artist <laughs> for sure 
I will say I do like the top left panel too. I don't like. I feel like the, there's you know the two dialogue uh, 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 speech bubbles there that are kind of intruding on the art a little bit. But I do like it's a purple, you know, a lighter purple and a darker purple that Zatanna is in there. Oh, that looks fantastic. I love that panel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 purple looks really good. It's a, it's a good contrast with the uh, yellow orange that's right below it. That's mm -hmm. this bust busting out of that panel, which I, I always I always like it when artists bust out of a panel. It it just it makes it almost a three D look. Mm, yeah, it's fantastic, and you know the the shenanigans start right away here. You know the two of them are kind of like you know. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if I'd say attacked, but you know, there you can tell right away. Or there, there are forces that are trying to keep them from uh, getting to where they want to go. And uh, it, again, Gray Morrow here, man. Whoo! Uh, the very next page, I think it's twenty-one. Uh, he draws this giant serpent out in like this. It looks like space, but like you said, it's 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 between like you know dimensions or whatever. But it looks like outer space. There's this giant green snake. Oh <laughs> man, I love that. That looks real trippy. What about it? Oh yeah, yeah. The the Outer space snakes, man. Uh, there, there's something about it. I mean, it just, it, it, there's so much symbolism with it, going back to you know mythology and whatnot. But uh, you know, but I'll take you back to the page right before that was where I realized that Conway's trying to get a little bit cute on this with her, with her backward spells. He's rhyming the backward spells. Mm. So uh, he rhymes rain with again, which can be again, you know, or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. But he, he does that several times with the with, with her spells, where you know, you know, backward spells are a gimmick. It, it just it 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 just is. It's like a comic gimmick, you know, just to keep you in. It's like the demon rhyming or mm -hmm. or bizarre, or bizarro talk. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's just a gimmick to keep keep people involved. Uh, but but Conway actually rhymes backwards, rhymes backwards. So it's it, it seems to me like it's a double gimmick going on. I don't know if he was trying to get too cute or if he was or if he was I, I, I don't. My mind goes on a whole different tangent wondering, you know, is she by rhyming, is she summoning some sort of, uh, you know, duke level demon powers from from the demon from hell or i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, and always i think she's you know uh, kind of like uh you know to say like an analog with uh, marvel like dr strange like you know he can call do different spells you know calling on these different like deities or whatever you want to call them so maybe yeah maybe that has something to do with her you know just straight up regular backwards or rhyming or this or that maybe it has something to do with that Rhyming is more powerful, but but yeah, the the fact that but going back to the snake, that the fact that they get swallowed by that snake, that that's that's just a cool image, man. A, a, a snake in outer space, man. The only thing better is a whale in outer space. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a, the, the image itself is great, and they do like you said, they get swallowed by it, then they're inside it, and they're like kind of being attacked by the uh, insides of this snake, and you know they kind of have to you know really you know. I almost say pull their resources because Jeff isn't a whole lot of help, but <laughs> she <laughs> she really she she does at some points need his words, even if it's just his you know words of encouragement to you know keep her focused and and really you know get them out of this. And they do finally get out of it. And I'm thinking to myself like, okay, they finally got out of this. It's it's going to be fine. And you know, of course, uh, they do then end up getting to this you know secret city uh, where this uh, Homo Magi live, and they get there and. 
I do like how there is a reference to, I think it's JLA 164 at the bottom of the one page where, you know, she kind of says about, you know, her mother and this and that, and it does reference continuity there. And she says, yep. I think the last time she was there for his, was for her mother's funeral. So uh, I love when they reference continuity. Love that. Yeah. Well, but I mean, you know, like I said, this is supposedly post-crisis now. So I guess Conway's trying to sneak in some of her pre-crisis continuity to give a little bit of a, to give continuity to her story. (laughs) I I can't think of another word to say there, but, but yeah. um, Yeah. I I, I think it's great uh, that they keep referring because she really doesn't have, she has a backstory, but it's pretty much one backstory, you know, with her mom and her dad. At this point, I mean, since then, they've given her a lot more backstory, a lot more, um, you know, uh, lovers and whatnot, um, from what I understand. But uh, but yeah, the the main thing that I'm focused on here is is that she uh, she has a magic cape, which I didn't ever realize. (laughs) Yeah, that was new to me, too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, just just the fact that she's on this quest and she's she's getting getting all these items and and whatnot is 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 pretty cool. But but yeah, so so she ends up ends up with the Homo Magi there, right? Yeah, this guy, this high lord guy, he kind of looks like Ming the Merciless, actually. But um, oh, he's, he does. Yeah, yeah, they're all they're all kind of like sickly and dying. So you know, she she went on a quest to get to the city. Now she needs to go on a quest to save the people in the city because they're dying. And this is where I was starting to think like, man, this is a huge story. A lot of like information, a lot going on for just a, a, you know, even a 60 page, you know, story or whatever it is. And like I said, now that we read it was supposed to be four issues. Okay. That makes more sense because it was, you know, supposed to be, you know, 88 to 85, six pages or whatever. And it got squished down to 64. That's probably why there was a lot going on because if you would break it into, three and four issues it wouldn't seem like so much information getting shoved at you like they went on a quest and they went on another quest then they went on another quest it's yep, kinda like, exactly yeah, it, was, it, it, it really seemed like a D adventure where you go from one quest to another you get your magic item you get your next assignment for your next quest i mean that type of stuff i mean they mentioned in here where about the uh, medulla jewel right Mm-hmm. Which 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 was important in her in her history uh, because the medulla jewel was some sort of magical item, I believe, yeah. that her mother had. But uh, Zatanna was born with one inside her head. I, I guess medulla oblongata is where they. Got. <laughs> yeah, I read that. And I was like, "What inside her brain?" Yeah, oh, like, I, I vaguely remember that. I really have to go back and 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 read a lot of those old Zatanna Zatanna stories. But but yeah, I, I vaguely remember something being in her brain. But that that allows her to use this crown that that where she ends up saving the Homo Magi. You know, mm-hmm. so and and that that's cut. That's kind of one of the loose ends that he ties up here because the Homo Magi, I think, were were. Um, were the ones who who kidnapped her dad and were were very much uh you know the bad guys in in, in a previous story with her and she, since she saves them she becomes their you know savior uh she becomes their hero and um you know they want her to be the next queen and or i don't know what they i don't even know if they mentioned queen but they uh 
want her to wear that crown and lead the homo magi and she turns it down after she saves them all um, so but the fact that she saved them all from this wasting disease that they had kind of wraps up that storyline from that was still dangling around since the like early 70s or whatever mm-hmm. and that's when i was kind of thinking like oh okay now that i'm looking at it knowing it was supposed to be a four issue limited series i'm thinking okay like this would have been a good break for the end of an issue where the high lord kind of says to her like yeah you should just stay here and live with us you're one of us and she's like no 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 i got to figure out what's going on with my mom why she's you know calling to me and like what my purpose is and uh, he says, okay, well, you can go see uh, the Guardian of the Shrine of Ages, who basically, I just call him the Ancient One, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he kind of reminded me of a little bit, but you need to go see him. And I thought, yep, that would have been a good break for, you know, uh, issue, you know, two break there. And here we go. And now she goes on a quest with Jeff on the horses, flying yep. around to go find this guy, too. So, like I said, it's kind of like, a quest, a quest, and a quest here. Yep, and and Jeff expresses on page thirty three exactly my feelings. He goes, "Great, here we go again." Yep. Because it, <laughs> because it because it seems like all this stuff is shoved in. Okay, she shows up, she saves the home of Magi, she uses the magic items or whatever, turns down that, but she still needs to go on her quest. To, still don't know exactly what she's trying to do, but she's trying to figure out her purpose or her mother's purpose. Mm-hmm. Don't quite know yet. I, I, I think in the second half of this, we kind of start getting into that, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, it's, it, it does seem like one of those, it does remind me of another story. And, and when we finish up here, I'll, I'll mention it. Cause I don't want to cut into it. And I don't want to come off either. Like I'm, I'm saying Conway wrote a bad story here. He most certainly did not. It's, it's not that, you know, his writing, you know, takes me out of the story or anything like that. Again, if he was writing for a four issue, you know, mini, and then they crammed it into 60 pages, that's, that's no fault of his. It's just, it's a lot for just this one comic. It seems almost a little repetitive, like quest, 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 and jam into 60 pages. Yeah. I mean, it just gets shoved all in. I mean, like you said, it's the, the sack is too small for what they're trying to shove it into, but there's a lot of story here and there's a lot of good story here, but Shoving it, shoving it into to a, a too small a sack, I think is is probably where where it where it lacks here. Yeah, and then uh, they finally do meet up with this guy, uh, the ancient. He he does call himself. I am called Cole, the ancient one, and I was like, uh, "Yes, you are, sir." And he says, oh, yeah. Guard, "Guardian of the Shrine of Ages, welcome." And she does actually make out with Jeff a little bit right before they meet the guy too. By the way, and I was yeah. just like, "Okay, Jeff's Jeff's got his foot in the door here. Look out." Yeah, well, I mean, I I like Cole. I like his stores. I mean, he, he a lot of discounts at Coles. I mean, <laughs> exact same spelling. Yep. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, he. So, but, uh, yeah, go ahead. But but yeah, at, at this point, I th- I think we find out kind of what she's trying to do. I'm trying to find find the page, but she says that she's trying to save her inner self and find peace for her soul. Mm-hmm. So. Still, still don't quite know what that means yet at this point. But, uh, but yeah, she she meets up with this ancient one who, you know, it, it looks kind of like Ra's al Ghul. But um. yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> he he definitely does. And he uh, he uh, has a some kind of like pool here, and he pulls a rope and it pulls away a curtain, and uh, he says, "Behold!" And Jeff says, "Zatanna, that's you." And she goes, "I know." <laughs> 
I'm just like, what? But yeah, she's trying to, to, to figure things out here. And this guy says, after you defeated our high lord, and again, it references that JLA-164 story, uh, he came here on retreat. Seeing the statue, he wanted to uh, pursue you to force your return, but I forbade him. I knew if you were truly chosen, you would come here of your own free will. And she goes, but I have come only to find peace for my soul. And he says, the only way to find that answer and calm your spirit is to accept your destiny. And he's like, uh, you know, that's that's what you need to do. And at this point, you know, she I don't know if she knows what her destiny is. So you got to figure out that and then do it. So uh, but he what do you think happens to this guy here? He's like, all of a sudden, you know, he like turns into a pile of sand or something. Yeah. Well, I, the whole thing is, is I think he's. He said that he's been drinking from those eternal waters. And I think his whole point was ever since JLA 164, his whole job has been to sit there and wait till Zatanna decides to show up and follow her destiny. And now that she has shown up, he's like, you know, my job's done. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going on, I'm turning into sand and I'm, I'm leaving. You have your optic gem that she was given. That was another, uh, 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 quest item that she received. Um, you know, you have that. Let that guide you. I've, I've given you all the information that you need uh, for me, and uh, now I can leave this 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 room that I've been in since <laughs> since 1967 <laughs> or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, so, he's had he's had enough. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like yeah, I'm done. He's like he's like I've I've given you the info that you need. Uh, travel on, but. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that's a it's another uh, Jeff moment of great. Here we go again. On to the next uh, next thing, right? Yep, on to the next adventure. And yeah, right away they even in this like palace here or whatever you want to call it, they get attacked by these like shadow monster looking guys. And you know Zatanna does you know get rid of them or you know like ward them off enough for them to uh, get out of there. But uh, there's been one or two panels I had forgotten to mention this where. We had seen someone in the shadows. We never saw who this person was that uh, you got the impression was maybe uh, doing a little bit of orchestrating behind the scenes, like a bit of a little a little bit of a puppet master here. And then uh, that person reveals himself and it's a uh, Allura and which is, you know, somebody who was a, a, an, a, a, a evil enemy of uh, her father Zatara's. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and the, the great thing is, is, is that these. You know, it, it it's an old old kind of trope, but but these shadows that that look like somebody, I I think that maybe they were trying to make you guess. You know, is this her mother back from the dead again or not? Because Zatanna, her mother, uh, Sindela and Allura all kind of look alike. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think and I think that that's kind of on purpose is to is to is to leave some kind of uh ambiguity as to who it is but but uh, as far as Allura goes I know next to nothing about her other than you know when she appeared in the Zatanna stories I'm guessing she appeared in some Zatara stories back in the day because she was originally a Zatara uh a nemesis is my understanding but uh, I I don't know how I feel about her outfit though yeah (laughs) i don't know i don't know who uh, her designer is but uh at least the the bottom half is killing it for me i don't know what's going on there yeah yeah so weird you have you have one pirate boot that's that's uh halfway up the thigh and one pirate boot that's below the knee 
I would think that if they were at least even, it, it, it might be okay. But it definitely looks like a, a Legion of Superheroes villain of some sort. But yeah, that, that top is killing it for me, too. It just it looks bizarre. <laughs> all the chains. All the chains. Yeah. The... yeah, it looks crazy. Now, when you look her up here, they're saying her first appearance was JLA uh, 51 from February 1967. So she's nowhere near as old a character as I thought oh. she was either. Okay, so she was, I guess, retroactively made a Zatara villain. If it was yep. 51, that's that's a Zatanna story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's like a retcon kind of like, oh, yeah, she was around back then. We're just getting around to telling you about it now. <laughs> you mean you mean retcons happened in the 60s, too? What? <laughs> Imagine what? that, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, man. But, yeah, she uh, manages to, you know, get the drop on the two of them here, and they kind of start, I don't know, like uh, drowning here, it looks like, in this pool. And she separates uh, Jeff from Zatanna. And when Zatanna wakes up, she's back at uh, Shadowcrest. And it's like this bright, sunny day. Wait, wait, wait. This is, I I, I made a note of this. Uh, So let's see. So when when they're fighting, uh, she sends like a mist uh, golem or something at her. And uh, Zatanna sends a water golem to fight the mist golem, whatever. But they have to jump in this pool to travel somewhere else is like, it's like a way to travel. But while they're in there, she casts a spell by thinking backwards, which I've never seen Zatanna do before. It's in that little Brown panel. Yeah. I see that now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She can she casts, it's a spell and it is backwards, but she's thinking it. It's in a, Mm -hmm. it's in thought bubbles, which unfortunately are not around that much these days, which I've, I freaking love a, a thought bubble, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, I don't know if since then or, or before then, if, if she's ever cast a spell by thinking about it, but yes. And so she thinks this, this spell and backwards, it basically she, she's trying to, uh, get them both back to, uh, shadow crest. Um, and it turns out, like you said, she's the only one who shows up at shadow crest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a cr- incredible page there, 44, where it's three panels. The, the, the only one that bugs me a little is that her position, her body's in, in the top left uh, panel there. It almost looks like she's doing uh, some kind of like, you know, uh, calisthenics or something. Like that. Yeah, I don't, not... know if, I don't know if she's facing like head downhill, maybe, I, I, is my only guess. But yeah, it looks like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if she's in... <laughs> she, yeah, it's it's a weird position. I I don't want to go any further because I'm guessing I'm guessing this is a PG show. So that's... Yeah, it looks a little it looks a little lewd. That's all I'll say. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The panel to the right is a close up on her face, which is absolutely beautiful. Her hair, oh. green eyes, like it looks great. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's that's definitely a keeper. Uh, that's that's a. Just I, I never realized that she has green eyes, but after that panel, I will always think of her with green eyes now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks incredible. And then there's like a you know a, a huge panel, like a two thirds panel there of her looking down at the home, and she's like, you know, Shadowcrest, I'm home. And there's her dad, and everything. You know, it's like obviously, you know, her dad's supposed to be dead at this point, but it's you know she starts to kind of fall into this like, well, hey, I'm I'm here. I might as well just you know act like everything's cool and. At the bottom of page 45 there, there's a, a, a tree branch from the bottom of this tree, you know, poking out here. And 
it, it almost looks like there's a person in it, which I thought yeah. to myself, is that supposed to be Jeff? I didn't know who that was supposed to be at first. Well, yeah, I, I thought it was Jeff also, uh, just because she never says, oh, I'm at Shattercrest. Where's Jeff? He was in that pool with me. She, she doesn't even think of Jeff. No, nope, which don't tell poor, him that. Poor Jeff. <laughs> yeah, don't tell poor Jeff that. He's already got it. Yeah. He's already not feeling great about himself. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so, you know, it, she starts to be in this kind of like, you know, it, like, okay, I'm home and everything's cool. Like she really starts to buy into what's going on here. But, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's basically ends up being an illusion, you know, and she does end up seeing through it here at some point, but it, it takes a little while for her to see through it. So I thought, wow, I was a little shocked by that. Yeah. Uh, and that's the whole thing is it's several hours have to go by because, because, I mean, the next scene is the middle of the night, and she's wandering around the house at night and runs into uh, Kasim. And, and you know, then she starts to realize that there's something weird about that tree that she had seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, yeah, it is interesting. And, and, by the way, she's walking around in an extremely uh, short, and uh, the, the, the front is a bit open, a tiny little... Uh, I don't know if that's supposed to be like a robe or something she's wearing, but uh, again, you know, <clears throat> Gray Morrow's doing pretty good here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining. So yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty nice, but uh, and again, but it's nothing, it's nothing, uh, like nothing we said earlier. It's not. No, yeah. no, no, no. He, it's 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 all in good taste. It's just you know, you know, you and I maybe are not thinking good taste here. <laughs> 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 but uh, once she figures it out, it's like poof. And she's uh, back in her costume and she's in the presence of Alora and says like, hey, I saw through your, you know, illusion here. And the, the two of them go to uh, have a big uh, uh, fight here. But, you know, right away, you know, it doesn't seem like uh, Z's powers are, you know, uh, going to work here. Like, it seems like Alora kind of has the upper hand here. And she kind of says to her like, hey, this is you're in my domain and your your powers aren't going to work here. But they do work, just not in the normal fashion. Right. Exactly. And, and, you know, she's trying to do her backwards magic and it's just backfiring on her and it's just not working. And, and she doesn't quite realize what it is until, of course, the villain kind of tells her. <laughs> it says, uh, you know, backwards spoken spells don't work here, Zatanna. This is my domain. And, and in my home, I set the rules. And she shows, hey, there's poor Jeff. She has him, I guess, in the in a wall she has him in carbonite like han solo or I, I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> that's what i was thinking yeah I'm like oh is he in there like oh, han solo <laughs> that's great and yeah earlier when we were saying about uh, uh alora's costume here and i was thinking to myself maybe that was just an uh, an artistic mistake when it had the uh, the boots being uh, two different lengths but no here we are again and it looks just as ridiculous here yeah i mean i guess <laughs> I, I i don't yeah i don't I don't understand. <laughs> but then again, I don't understand a lot of a, a lot of art. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm no artist and I'm no art critic, so I won't throw any stones here, but it just it just looks weird. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just, exactly. I'll I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, so again, it's it's you know, one-on-one and Alora really starts, you know, beating the crap out of Zatanna here and I, I will say too, she has this little I don't know what kind of little creature this thing's supposed to be. It's like a little demon or something, like her little uh uh you know, uh, pet here. Yeah, it's a little green demon, and and you know since we're since we're talking about carbonite and all, it kind of reminds me of the little little uh, little guy that was with Jabba the Hutt. You know, <laughs> <It> does 
It does, but, yeah. But he, I, I, you know, he he's just kind of hanging around, and and I guess that brings in the question: Is Alora messing with, uh, you know, you know, demonic forces? Is that where she gets a lot of her power from? I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, that that uh, character could use some exploring. But uh, but the big thing is, is that she's casting spells just speaking normally. So that that that's what's happening here is she's she's beating the crap out of Zatanna and just saying, you know, tendrils of nothingness and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And and, and just uh, just casting all kinds of spells and and, and takes it takes her, uh, you know, optic gem or whatever it was. Uh, mm-hmm. Her I forget who gave that to her. If it was uh, if it was Kang the Cocker or who it was that gave it to her. Oh, Ming. Yeah, I think it was Ming. Ming, yeah. <laughs> he gave that to her. But yeah, this little demon guy, the reason I bring him up too is at some point here, I think it's page 52, she is, you know, uh, monologuing here at Zatanna and she grabs a hold of the demon and it looks like she chucks him off her shoulder. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does. She she uses him as, a, as like a rock or something, just throws him. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's like flying through the air in the one panel and then the next panel we see him in, He's kind of looking at Jeff in the carbonite there, and he's like kind of looking at him, and he turns around and looks like he's scratching his head. It's just kind of weird how they utilized him. But I thought, well, again, now knowing this was supposed to be four issues, maybe there was a couple of pages that, you know, where the little demon guy had something to do or they explained what he was all about. They just got, you know, thrown on the cutting room floor. Yeah, that's true. And and in the in these pictures, in fact, that one where the demon's running away, you start seeing uh Cindella, you know, the tree Cindella kind of helping mm-hmm. out Jeff, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so I guess she's helping out from beyond the grave, uh, helping things, helping move things along. And that's when uh, Zatanna starts talking to her mother, or or thinking about her mother, and saying, "Oh, her mother was in the tree, and you know, you, you've come to me from beyond beyond death." Uh, and she's asking her to tell her what to do. I mean. That's the whole thing throughout this whole throughout this whole story. Uh, it's kind of weird uh, with Zatanna that she doesn't. She's very. She's not confident in her abilities, which which is weird to me for Zatanna. To me, she's always been a very confident character. Yeah. But throughout this whole thing, she doesn't know what to do, and she's asking her mother what to do. She's asking, you know. Uh, Ming the Merciless what to do. She's at, she's asking Jeff what to do. <laughs> Jeff, yeah. <laughs> you know, she 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 doesn't know what to do and and you know, you know, eventually we get to where she has this, I guess, meeting with uh her mom on a on a beach in her mind, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and the little demon is there is there <laughs> with them for some yeah. reason. Yeah, he's, he's there just hanging out looking at the 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 you know, ghostly part the vision of her mother here looking at it like, Hey, what's going on here? And then he's like staring off and stuff. It's like, what in the world? But yeah, as far as asking for advice from everybody on what to do, um, I, I got no problem with her asking, you know, Ming or her mother or her father or whatever, but asking Jeff, I mean, the guy smokes lucky strikes and he has mustard colored hair. Like <laughs> that's probably, it's probably not good. Yeah. yeah. The matching suit. So you yeah. probably, leave him off the list of people ask advice from. But yeah, the little demon guy, yeah, he's just kind of like hanging out here. Like, I think, why yeah. is he not hanging out back with Allura? Why is he running around with Satana now? It's it's kind of weird. Exactly. Uh, well, a couple pages back on 51, I, we finally get 
on page 51 of this book, Allura is the one who tells us why Zatanna is on this quest. And she says she's on a quest to find the source of magic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, and we finally find out, hey, that's why Zatanna's been through all this stuff. So she's on the beach with her with her mom now, or her ghost mom. And she's trying to ask her mom what the source of magic is. And her mom, of course, you know, is not telling her exactly what the source is. But she's saying, she's saying, hey, you know, you need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And and eventually she comes she comes to the re- realization uh, that the um, that the source of magic is is um, is actually life. It, it, the the life cycle, the the cycle of life. I, I guess they go into that. Uh, you know, you know, born, live, die, that type thing is the source of magic and that to control magic uh that you have to first control the fear of death you need to not be afraid of this cycle of life and Mm -hmm. you need to defeat despair and that's the key to magic so i i think that at this point that what they're trying to do with zatanna is take her more to to a true magic user character rather than just having a gimmick of speaking backwards to yeah. let let her know where the source of magic comes from and the source of magic is the you know hakuna matata the circle of life or whatever you know it's ragnarok <laughs> ragnarok <laughs> exactly and so, i will say too on page 54 there when she's talking to her ghost mom on the beach really cool stuff great visuals she's been you know attacked by this allura and her magic here so much that she's uh all she has left of her costume is like the underneath part of it that looks like a sexy little one piece uh, bathing suit and then that panel up. yeah <laughs> and on one panel on the right she's almost having a wardrobe malfunction there <laughs> it's like yeah. holy mackerel man you're you're almost getting a, an eyeful there I'm like wow i was surprised they uh, let that go yeah, waiting for Justin Timberlake to show up to finish the job. Yeah, <laughs> I I'd go for a Zatanna halftime show. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh man, this next page too. Again, is uh, I guess that's page fifty-five. Great artwork again, Morrow here. He's he's got some great panels here. These like again, these like geometric shapes for panels. There's three across the top. It almost looks like a you know a broken mirror. And, uh, you know, there's her mom and she looks less like a ghost mom now and more like a, a statue, like a Greek goddess kind of statue come to life. And yep. she's talking to Zatanna. And, uh, again, really great uh, artwork here. Uh, Morrow is just on point. And the colors, man, the, 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 mm. the, the colors in, in each panel just 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 pop. They they just they flow from one to the other where it's 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 very mystical. It's very, like you said, goddess like with her with her mom and talking to her and she's back in that costume that I like at all the, uh, you know, you can't, you don't get to see the white Cape as much, but, but, um, but still uh, just very, very nicely drawn uh, uh, female figures in, in all of these. So. Yeah. And like you said, the colors are great. That bottom middle panel. It's like a, Oh yeah. Like a, like a peach color, maybe like, it's really interesting. It, it sounds might sound kind of weird, but it, it looks fantastic here. Oh yeah, yeah. She she's almost glowing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this is where she kind of you know is thinking like you know what enemy you know so she has to figure out you know the enemy like you said is fear and despair and stuff like that and she gets like kind of attacked by these like zombie like hands of these little demons that come up from out of the ground 
And, uh, you know, the basically, you know, the fear and despair. At first, I thought to myself, is this supposed to be Alora? And then I thought, or is this just supposed to be her inner fear and despair manifested here? Is that's what I'm thinking? Yeah, yeah. I, I was on the fence with that, too. At first, I thought Alora also. And then I thought maybe it was like her her inner dark self. And then I started thinking for some reason about the uh, the whole dark firestorm and dark Captain Adam. I don't know if you've read any of those, but but there was like a a dark Captain Adam that was kind of colored the same with this 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 dark blue and pink. Uh, but but it basically represents the 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 inner evil inner inner uh doubt of of the character and i think yeah. that's more what they were going for was this is this is really zatanna and this is the zatanna's despair that she needs to overcome to truly to truly wield magic uh in a in, in, in an effective way yeah and then on a uh, page i think it's uh, 58 here i was really blown away by this too so this you know evil version of zatanna here her you know despair and whatever that's inside her kind of like is a giant and like grabs her and is like holding her in the palm of her hand like with a clenched fist almost and these little demon guys are running around all over the place and they're on her shoulders and in her hair and stuff it's really creepy by Marl here and she's buck naked like yeah. she's like holy crap again i couldn't believe that you know, DC, you know, rubber stamp this to just go to the printing. I'm like, wow. Well, well, you have to figure this was 87. I think that Vertigo was in its in, in its fetus stage and, and get ready to bust out. Mm-hmm. You know, was, well, probably just a couple of years from from they were getting ready to. Yeah, maybe Hellblazer was already going on. I don't know. I'd have to check to make sure. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, Sandman, I believe, was was already going on or, or getting ready to launch. Uh, so really, the that pre-Vertigo stuff was getting ready to happen. And I think they were kind of really experimenting and, and heading that direction with this. And I've and maybe if this had gone had been a four issue miniseries, it may have launched as a Vertigo, but they were trying to shoehorn stuff in with that post crisis, I mean, crisis screwed up everything that that's always been my contention, but, but they were trying to shoehorn uh, stuff in to try and define characters or at least wrap up pre-crisis storylines, uh, you know, to, to, to set characters up for, for post-crisis stories. So I, I don't know. This is very vertigo esque is, is what I'm saying. So. Yeah, it looks like uh, cover date for Sandman number one was January 1989. It came out like November 1988, so not 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 too far off. Yeah, I, I'm sure it was in the in pre-work stages. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And so, you know, she eventually, you know, figures things out here. And the little demon guy, <laughs> I, I love him. Uh, I think it's the bottom of page uh, 59 there where she's breaking free of these tendrils and he's got this little worried look on his face and his hands are up on his cheeks. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah. That, 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 that's a, that's a great uh, little ha- half page right there of her, her just <laughs> breaking free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. And again, you, you get one next page, an incredible splash page here again by Morrow. It, it's got, you know, Zatanna kind of uh, in this, like, you know, you know, ecstatic, you know, like big smile on her face, arms wide open with these like, flames and circles and almost looks like planets like sphere shapes behind her and then another smaller one that's inset that looks really great it's a close-up on her face and shows the jewel 
Oh, I, again, give me this uh, artwork any day of the week. I would I would love to have the original art for this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And th- this is the pretty much the resolution of this story is, is she says that her mother was right and life is the source of magic. And and she kind of knows how to wield it now is if she knows that life is the source and she can overcome her own despair, she can actually wield magic uh, probably better than she did before. So. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, jump over to Shadow Crest where Kasim and uh, Jeff are there. And uh, oh, thank yeah. God. Yeah, thank God Jeff has a blue turtleneck on now, not that stupid <laughs> <laughs> mustard colored suit. But uh, yeah, the two of them are like, you know, hey, you know, we hope everything's okay here. And then all of a sudden, uh, 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 Z's mom, you know, Cindella, you know, comes in her like ghost form again here and kind of talks to Jeff and, uh, you know, says, uh, my daughter nears the cli- oh, boy, the climax of her journey. <laughs> Jeff Jeffrey Sloan, what she finds at Journey's End will change her. Um, the way will be eased if you are waiting for her here. So, uh, well, I think, well, what are they going to do? Go there themselves. They can't get there. So they're going to wait there whether they like it or not. And then, (laughs) and then, uh, you know, we get to, uh, you know, this, uh, another really good page here, 63 with the panel layout. It's just crazy good by, uh, you know, a gray moral here. Really good panel layout here. Don't you think? Oh yeah. Yeah. With the, it, I, I always think of this as like a clock panel because it kind of, uh, you know, it, it it sweeps, you know, clockwise with the mm-hmm. with those with those uh, triangles all, all the way around. And, and yeah, him him, Jeff being there when uh, Zatanna wakes up uh, out in the uh, garden and uh, she's glad to see him. She she I think she finally recognizes that uh, that Jeff will always be there for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the the final page is you know the two of them uh, standing in front of that tree out on the property, and there's like an image of uh, her mother and father up in the tree there. Again, really good page, uh, really like it there. It's really great. I it's fantastic. Yeah, that the only thing that I would do different is, and maybe they did this on purpose is I would have Zatanna and Jeff holding hands here, but they're not. So no, I, it's I close. That, <laughs> I don't know if that says something or not, but the fact that uh. Zatara and Cindela are, you know, ghostly in the tree and them two are there. And she says the cycle of life is complete. I did I thought maybe Jeff would end up with Zatanna, but maybe they planned on her being a uh being a free a free woman at this point. I don't yeah, know. Just her and Jeff are just a platonic relationship, and that's as far as he's gonna get. <laughs> oh yeah. John Constantine was uh in her future, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, she's she only gets hot for magic users, I guess. So sorry, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, sorry, Jeff. Uh, you can go find another uh, another client. Yeah. Uh, Jeff's SOL, but <laughs> yeah, it uh, yeah it was it's a really good comic. Like I said, I just uh, once I read about how oh it was supposed to be four issues, I thought you know what it makes so much more sense, and it was good. It was fun. The, you know, Conway was, you know, great with the dialogue and Gray Morrow's art was off the chain. But I do think it would have been much better served to be that four issue mini. I think so, too. I, th- I think that if if uh, the story would have had a chance to breathe and and hit its hit its uh, hit its tent poles, you know, hit its four tent poles, if it was four issues, I think it would have been uh, a lot, a lot more coherent story, a lot a I think she, the characters would have been better served too, but you know, hopefully Jeff would have turned out better in a four issue series. 
Yeah. Although you never know with the way Gray Morrow was heading here with this artwork, you know, a full on, you know, nude one at the end there. (laughs) You never know. I mean, the last uh, issue might have had like two live crew show up or something. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just see. (laughs) Yeah, man, this is really good. Um, I really uh, enjoyed this. This was awesome. Uh, Thanks for uh, coming on here and uh, diving in on this one with me. I really appreciate it, man. Hey, man. Anytime, man. Like I said, this. This wasn't really in my wheelhouse, but I really appreciate that you uh, gave me the chance to uh, revisit it and give it a give it another uh, look. So, yeah, I never know. Sometimes it's I, I, when I uh, have a guest on. Sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I love that. Let's talk about that. And sometimes it's like, you know, I haven't read that in a long time, or I don't know how I felt about it. And I'll revisit it. And sometimes uh, that's that's just as much or more fun doing that too. But for me, you know, it was a first time read, so. I was uh, jumping into this and I knew you would have uh, a lot more DC knowledge uh, than me. So uh, <laughs> that was, that was definitely something I was looking forward to hearing, man. Cause uh, yeah, DC for me is just, I, I dove into a lot of the silver age and some bronze age stuff uh, very early on. And I've kind of been trying to slowly make my way towards uh, the 80 stuff uh, for sure. And uh, definitely looking forward to diving into more, man. But uh, yeah, again, thanks for joining me. And if anybody wants to find you, they can find you roaming around Twitter, right? Uh, yeah, I, I'm on Twitter, KGBUNC, but I I just vomit all kinds of stuff there. But I do have uh, sports and comics on Twitter. Uh, it, it's exactly like it sounds. That's a, a long, long, long quest of mine to eventually... Uh, to eventually uh, catalog all of the uh, DC uh, fictional uh, professional sports teams uh, and and have a reference point for all of the writers out there who seem to always think that all of the uh, Gotham teams are named the Knights. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an ambitious project there. It, it, it is, and it's been ongoing, and eventually uh, I'll have something to announce, but until then... Uh, if you're looking for me, you can find me. I'm not that hard to find. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, and again, we'll, uh, you know, when this uh, episode comes out, we'll get it out there and uh, broadcast it. And then, uh, yeah, maybe in the meantime, uh, behind the scenes, we can uh, brainstorm over uh, some time here and uh, grab another comic and uh, sit down and talk again. Yeah, brother, if, you, if you're if you doing 80s DC, that's, that's like I said, I'm, I'm that that's my wheelhouse. That's where I live, man. Cool. Yeah, that's definitely. Uh, well, I did. I did send you about 50,000 comic images and series to be like, I want to talk about this one and read this one and read this. <laughs> so there's definitely a lot of choices there. But yeah, we'll, we'll narrow it down and then uh, sit down again sometime. But yeah, man, I, again, thanks for being on. I really appreciate it. Cool, cool, man. Uh, thanks for having me on, man. You betcha. And then uh, we're going to duck out of here quick and I'll be back in in a second to wrap things up. The leaves change colors and begin to fall. The kids go back to school. Pumpkin Spice becomes its own food group. And little ghosts and goblins are on the streets begging for candy. But something sinister awaits. Back in the woods among those dead trees sits a foreboding, dilapidated manor. You can't resist. You must go inside and return to... The House of Frankenstein. Did you hear that? I heard that. What was it? Listen to them. Children of the night, what music they make. The Supermates Podcast presents four spine-tingling episodes covering your favorite classic horror films featuring these iconic stars. 
Griffin Dunn and David Naughton. You're one of the undead, and I'm a werewolf. Yes, that's right. Bela Lugosi. I am Dracula. I bid you welcome. Claude Rains. You're crazy to know who I am, aren't you? All right, I'll show you. <laughs> and Peter Cushing. Plus, your favorite superheroes versus classic monsters. I understand your concern, Mr. Wayne, but I don't think you need to worry that Wayne Tech is responsible for this invisible man. But I seem to remember last year hearing something about an invisibility project. Visit fireandwaterpodcast.com or your favorite podcatcher for the 10th annual journey into terror at the house of Franklin Stein. Available in pumpkin spice flavor. Okay, everybody, that wraps up this episode. Once again, I want to thank Keith for being on the show. Definitely give Keith a follow out there. He's a real nice guy, and uh, it was great having him on the show, and I'm definitely going to have him on in the future. Talk some more uh, DC comics, uh, especially in the 1980s, which is uh, definitely his wheelhouse, and, you know, it's kind of a I want to say a a dark spot for me that I don't know anything about it, but uh, it's definitely a spot where I need to uh, read some more comics and get a little more familiar with it. Looking forward to doing that and then uh, hopefully talking with Keith uh, about some of these comics down the road. So definitely uh, look out for that down the road. And, you know, thanks for uh, everybody tuning in during the Halloween season here. Keith and I recorded this episode uh, quite a while ago. And, uh, you know, just uh, was just going to be its turn in the rotation sometime in November maybe. But I thought, you know... I'll just uh, get it out here a little bit early and uh, throw it out here on uh, All Hallows' Eve uh, for a little extra special for everybody out there. It's a little bit of a horror theme to it, so I just wanted to get it out there and, uh, you know, put an extra content out there for everybody and uh, just to say thank you. So uh, thanks, everybody, once again, and uh, catch you next time.